Mike, how are you, mate? <laughs> Wait a second, is this the right podcast? <laughs> how was your weekend? Did you spin it up on the farm? <laughs> it was working good. I, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a nice weekend here. Like, nothing was on fire. It was great. Cool. So you're listening to the Americanist podcast, the number one podcast in Thuna, Australia. My name is Johannes Ehrmann. And I'm joined, as every week, by my dear friend and accomplished scholar over in Stanford, California, Mike Bayoki. Isn't that great news? Thank you. We're taking continents, one continent at a time. Australia? We're being listened to in Australia. Oh, that, I mean, like, Australia is easy to defend in risk. It's like one of the best continents to take early on. <laughs> yeah. But here's, So here's a little quiz, because I'm, I think we, uh, we have to agree to disagree on something. How many continents are there? Oh, man, seven. Hard seven. Uh, Five. Oh, what you, wait. Mm-hmm. Five. <laughs> wait. Uh, what do you All mean? Right, let's get. Doing? Let's let's go through them. Let's go through them. <laughs> the Germans don't recognize Europe. Yeah. Number one. All right. Africa. Okay. Asia. Okay. Australia. All right. What else you got? <laughs> North America. Uh, what? <laughs> You're just going to say the Americas? It's America. It's America. All of America is one continent for us. <laughs> I mean, as far as we can tell, like, the whole world is America. It's just, like, <laughs> either currently America or future America. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so America for us is one continent. What else you got? Right. What else you got? Uh, Antarctica. There's no one living there. We've got scientists there. I feel like you guys need to keep up. We've that been there. That doesn't really count. That doesn't really count. <laughs> Actually, I kid you not. One of one of the people in my department spent <laughs> spent like last year there. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Seven continents. Very very interesting. Yeah. Antarctica. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. But one continent or half a continent or half of half a continent <laughs> is voting <laughs> next week. That's right. <laughs> U.S. elections coming up. Sort of a pivotal event in um, every democracy, right? Yeah, that's right. That's a... Getting all excited? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this one's a big one. <laughs> I know, like, you know, people will say that a lot, but, like, this is... I, I mean, we're like, we're getting close to, like, sort of, like, a realignment again. Um, sort of a, you know, possibly change in what the parties mean and, and uh, major shifts in power. Yeah. So as I was prepping this, um, doing a bit of research, I found bad and good news. For you. Uh. So let me start with the bad news. The US got downgraded last year to a flawed democracy, <laughs> ranking 25th in the world. The good news, though, out of five categories, the best score you guys scored, nine out of 10, was in electoral process and pluralism. <sighs> so I guess there's hope in there, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually kind of like that. That actually does sort of feel really like a spot on analysis of us. <laughs> Uh, don't agree electoral process i mean it's walk us walk us through it Ex- explain to me the electoral electoral process in the states like i'm an idiot <laughs> so on the federal level on the on the national level we have set up this very bizarre system where each state has apportioned some electoral votes so I forget exactly what we have here in California, but something like in the 50s. So we have 50 votes. And so when I go to vote here in California, I cast a ballot and I say, I would like this presidential candidate. And, you know, if we get over 50% for that candidate or we get the, 
<laughs> man, there's a bunch of technicalities, but we pick directly or uh, we will tell the legislature here. God, this is so awful. Is it so yes, simple? We tell the legislature here. <laughs> yes, it's so simple. It's straightforward. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be so embarrassing. I'm okay, sorry. Let me make a suggestion. I mean, yes. you have old guy one, old guy two. So there's yeah, two but... things that you have to fill out. You make your cross either left or right. And then either <laughs> yes. the red guy or the blue guy That's is right. going to get elected. Um, but we also, so you, you make it sound easier. We also have Kanye West, the artist and performer. He's on our ballot right now as well. Do you know this? Is he running? He is running. He is officially on the ballot printed. I thought it was a PR joke. Uh, I mean, <laughs> maybe it still is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but That's a little awesome. bit from column A, a little bit from column B. All right. So, so yes. So we tell our legislature who they should send to the national, uh, the electoral college. So we have fifty-three people who will go represent us, um, and they each one is going to cast a vote. And usually, whoever is the big vote getter inside of a state is the one who gets all of the votes from a state's electoral votes. So here in California, the whoever gets the most uh, votes from the citizens, those 53 or whatever, 56 people will go and they will uh, vote for that candidate. Mm -hmm. There are some states that split them. So Maine splits them. And yeah, that's the general jest. So Maine is where you're you are originally from. That's right. How yeah. many how many votes does Maine get? <laughs> A whopping four. Four votes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, but um, I was quite surprised actually because um, for a long time I thought it was mostly the presidential election, um, but there's something more in there, right? That's right. Well, yeah. So every four years we have the presidential elections. And at that same time, we vote for our senators, uh, for some subset of our senators and all of our representatives. Mm -hmm. So for Congress, we have a mm -hmm. bicameral. And so we have the Senate, which is a smaller group and the House of Representatives, which is a much larger group. So I voted for several uh, people at the national level. Yeah. So you have already voted? I just voted yesterday. Yes, that's another. <laughs> yes. Isn't that kind of dangerous, like the, the early voting and stuff? I heard <laughs> it has become a much more contested, like more so than any any other. So yes, so we vote. Yeah, uh, it's probably better nowadays to think of it as the voting ends on November third or on on the election day, but uh, voting starts like a month now in, in advance in most places. Okay, so let's explain a little bit more to the listeners. Um, how the con Congress works, uh, how these different representations work, because I think that's that's quite significant, right? So, yeah. and I've I, I remember still um, when we were meeting back at Penn, and yes. you were like, so I was I was coming from like three years of hardcore, you know, North American studies, you know, <laughs> this North American studies, you know, nerd, North America, <laughs> and here you were, and you were like, I'm from Maine, and like the first thing I'm like, Missouri Compromise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some some seminar I'd been taking. Um, you so, immediately won the, me over. Yeah, and I think I think we have to we have to explain this a little bit. So sure. Missouri Compromise back in the 1820s, um, as the name suggests, Missouri wanted to become a new state, and Missouri wanted to become a slaveholding state, right? And Congress and the government really wanted to uphold this balance between slaveholding and non-slaveholding states. Seems quite a bizarre right. from today's standpoint, but that's how it was at the time. Yeah. 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 So they didn't really have 
a state that was big enough to accept. So they were looking looking up north towards Canada, where it gets cold, you know. And I think, I'm not, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at the time in Maine, there were like five lumberjacks and like three grizzly bears and like 10,000 right. lobsters with Boston Red Sox. Yeah, we, had, we actually had moose at that point too. But, moose, okay, yeah. yeah but that's I, I most of moose. what we were. But they point. were disenfranchised, I think, at the, at the time, so. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> An underserved population. But I, so that's how you got your state. Right? I mean, that's right. Yeah, they carved us out of Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. And we've been fighting with them ever since. All right. So if that hadn't happened, yeah. you would have been maybe a Canadian or from Massachusetts <laughs> or who knows, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Okay. So a little, little historical recap. Um, but why is that significant? So why, why, why are we talking about that? Yeah. So this was a very clear intent of the founders was to have some sort of balancing mechanism between representing the majority and preserving some of the smaller minority voices. And at this point, when they were thinking not so much uh, sort of different identities in the sense of like racial or ethnic or religious, or something like that, they were thinking about like North and South, a slaveholder, uh, not, uh, non-slaves uh, states. And so the, the House of Representatives turns over very quickly. You've got, we've got like something like 500 uh, representatives. And so those are apportioned based on the size of the states. And so again, mm -hmm. California has a, a, quite a number because we're the new largest state. And then um, it's counterbalanced by the Senate and there's two senators for each state. And so that preserves some rather strong voice for small places. So Wyoming, even though it has uh, fewer people than the Bay Area, like where I live right here, one small or one part of California, um, is almost it actually I, I believe it's actually even larger than Wyoming, the entire state. So they get two senators, whereas we share uh, two senators with the rest of the state of California, mm -hmm. and th and that's intentional. So the Senate is slower moving too. So you vote in a senator who sticks around for six years, mm -hmm. um, and then we turn over our senators. I think it's like a third, a third, a third. So mm. um, there's always so there's a lot more institutional memory mm -hmm. uh, in the Senate mm -hmm. has been always the intent, and it counter balances the House of Representatives, which is meant to look more like um, closely tracking the population. Mm. Yeah. Let's jump to the present now. Um, so obviously no slavery anymore. You, fought, you guys fought a war over that. Um, yes. But there's still sort of two types of states, really. Um, and as we're approaching the election, you know, I th I'm sure everyone has seen those maps. There's the red states, the, there's the blue states, and there's sort of the in-between states. Sometimes they're like gray or purple or whatever. Yeah, we call them purple. Yeah. yeah. So red states are sort of like the Republican-leaning states. A lot of time they are the more rural states, sort of more right. thinly populated states. Um, a lot of them are yep. southern states. That's right. You mentioned Wyoming also. There's a lot of what you call flyover country. A lot of these states. Blue states are sort of on the coasts a lot. Uh, Midwest. So walk me through this. Like, you know, how, how's the layout? And yeah, no, I mean, you've got that perfectly. It's sort of the... It's been quite blue along the coast for a while. So New England, throwing in New York, and uh, the West Coast is firmly blue. It tends to be the places that there's more education, uh, more sort of like um, high density cities, large cities, um, that kind of stuff. And it's been that way since roughly like the 60s. Mm -hmm. The red states tend to be older economy focused, um, not sort of like tech, you know, so there's a couple of states that have started transition. So that might help, you know, this mm -hmm. conversation too, is like 
over the past two election cycles, Mm -hmm. North Carolina, Mm -hmm. which had been sort of like older economy focused, has started to see a lot of influx of tech workers. Mm -hmm. Um, So programming and, you know, a high education based economy. And that has progressively turned more and more blue and to the point where it's fairly, it's unsurprising if North Carolina is going to go blue this election. Okay. Um, Because last time it still voted for Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's so what's what's happening in North Carolina? Yeah, like I said, it's it, um, there's several different you know there's probably some more nuance that you know we can throw at this, but a lot of it's economically driven, and you see major influxes of folks from Virginia, folks from other parts of the United States into these areas. You see this, by the way. I think the most exciting. We should just jump to this because I need to talk about. Yeah, this. yeah, sure. This is also really happening in Texas. Okay, which blows everybody's mind. So Texas is, I think, internationally recognized as our loudest ambassadors from (laughs) our our most obvious. And they have always firmly been sort of conservative, uh, you know, sort of right-wing Republican. And it's not probable, but there's probably about a uh, one-third probability that they're going to end up going blue this year. And a big chunk of that. And that is a sensation in and of itself? Oh, Oh, absolutely. Like to the, to the point where like uh, there are major resources uh, being thrown into Texas right now from the Democrats um, to possibly put put it's it's clear it's in play. Uh, it's not obvious at all that it will go blue. But so what? Why? So it turns out that there's a number of you know Californians moving there. There's a lot of high tech that's starting to spring up there. There's influx of immigrants into the southern part of the state, so the in po- the population is quite young. At this mo- or last I saw, so this was this weekend, something like a half a million young people have already voted early, mm-hmm. and that's that is a firmly blue kind of population, the de- the Democrat pop. So that is just extraordinary. <laughs> um, there's some real forces going on inside of mm-hmm. um, Texas, mm-hmm. and th- the real chance that like there's a major realignment. Uh, I think everybody's a little skittish predicting big things at the moment, but there's a real chance that um, there's some really dramatic uh, lasting changes that that occur from this current election we're about to look at. And that has to do mostly with a demographic shift? Yeah, it's, you know, smarter folks who think longer, people more like you, who are going to like think it really carefully through will have better answers. But yeah, some of it's demographic. Some of it's an abandonment um, the Republican Party has not been responsive to its voters. It looks like it's been a bit captured by sort of bigger industries, and uh, it doesn't appear to be as responsive to its constituents over the last couple cycles. But Trump was one way to think about Trump is he was sort of a middle finger to like a you know a angry gesture for the international audience and an angry gesture towards the establishment which had been represented by the Republican Party. So it was a very interesting dynamic where big industries have long been supported by the Republicans through lower taxes, lowering of barriers, you know, you know what they would call red tape, sort of like barriers to uh, exploitative extraction of economic resources. And that's been like sort of one of their dominant philosophies for a long time. And that really blew up on them. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of the rhetoric that mm-hmm. Trump used, though not what he didn't practice mm-hmm. as a president, was a his rhetoric was about like you've been getting messed with, and there people are screwing you, and I'm going to come fix that. Mm-hmm. And 
I think you're seeing now to a very real degree, some people feeling like, man, this party is just not doing the things that, you know, they've been telling me they would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Before we continue, I think it's time for an announcement. Yes, we have our very first sponsor, Litton Chen, uh, has, uh, you know, graciously supported us for beer money. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> so Lin Chen, when you need something drop kicked, uh, absolutely positively drop kicked by no later than tomorrow, uh, he's, he's the man to go to. So we want to say cheers. Yeah, th thank you very much, Lin. Um, I went for a Moosehead Canadian lager to support the North American beer industry as a whole. <laughs> What did you go for? And I went for a new Belgian beer, an IPA, um, though locally sourced uh, because I'm a Californian. Uh, Very well. Uh, but it had the international flair to it. Cheers. Thank you, Chen. <sighs> Delicious. <sighs> Nothing like a 9 a.m. beer. <laughs> <laughs> already dark here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so we're talking about demographics. And I, I actually looked this up before because it was always sort of uh, transported that um, Trump basically won through white non-college graduates in, in 2016. And it's actually quite, quite stunning. 64% compared to 28% voted for him uh, rather than Clinton. Um, and also very interesting, they made up 44% of the last electorate in 2016. So still quite a considerable number. So is he losing these kind of voters this time around? Or why is he so far behind in the polls? I mean, it was like 10 points last I checked. Yeah. I mean, like women, man. <laughs> like <laughs> he has completely lost women. Every every t type of woman out there. Um so yeah, a lot of his policies have just completely alienated, you know, so he's been explicitly anti-minority, um, racial minority, mm. um, and that, you know, that group hasn't changed. White women just completely left him. <laughs> That's a big punchline. But he was, he hasn't changed. I mean, he was the same in 2015 leading up to the last election, right? Yeah, I mean, well, sort of, right? I mean, like, the the image of him was hazier maybe you know while he would he's saying the same things i think there was a belief that he might govern in a different way or um i know I, yeah i don't i don't know man <laughs> i it's hard to put my my you know, wrap my mind around this but we didn't know maybe one did not know that like this was as much of a gamble and that like things would go as poorly like we didn't uh, you know like just be serious for a minute like I don't think anybody would have guessed that he would be, you know, ripping kids away from their parents, like babies from their parents, hmm. putting them in cages and then losing their ability to return the kids. Right. Like that is emotionally devastating to a lot of us. And yeah. like mm -hmm. we are clearly doing things that are morally reprehensible. And like I don't think people who voted for the number of people who voted for him did not think that would happen. There's a number of people who did. And that's why they voted for him. So let's just hmm. call that. But like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there were a lot of people who saw him as a TV star. I mean, he had a very popular TV show and people were like, hey, that was a fun thing. And he mm -hmm. knew how, to, you know, he's got lots of money. And like, and it's clear that, no, he doesn't actually have a lot of money. He's been a very poor businessman. Mm -hmm. Like that information is coming out. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. So I've just seen this clip where he was like basically begging like suburban women to, to vote for mm -hmm. him. Or he was, often, he was not even vote for him. He was like, yes. please like me. Yes. And, um. You're exactly right. So he is 
the most transparently <laughs> needy uh, leader I think I've seen. So you know that shortly before giving that speech, people were like, you need to win women over. And he would, he just comes out and says, no, he, I will actually rephrase what you said. It sounded like he was begging, but he was basically telling them Hmm. that they should love him not not sort of saying why you might want to love me <laughs> it was more like listen like and, and it was racist it was a, it was a, i mean to unpack what he said i'm not sure how obvious this is but he was saying i've saved the suburbs and what that means is i have prevented people who don't look like you from having the ability to afford housing in your area. That's a very long-standing American, wow. like dog, you know, so dog whistle in case that's not obvious, it means that like coded language uh -huh. uh, to indicate typically racist or problematic ideas. So yeah, I mean, he was basically saying, I'm not going to let black people move near you, white women in the wow. suburbs, which yeah. is just gross. Yeah. And so he paired those right together very explicitly. Hmm. So, which race we talked about the battleground uh, states maine battleground yeah. state yes or no <laughs> no not really i mean like you know the uh maine again is a little bit unique because it has the second you know it, it divides up its votes mm -hmm. but at this point everything's looking quite blue even to the point where we maine has a very again it's a, it's a little bit idiosyncratic so it tends to choose third party which is not a very common phenomenon in the united states and so currently of the two senator, uh, senators we have one is a republican one is an independent mm -hmm. um so again that's rare and even a republican senator looks like she's about to lose she's been there for i don't know four or five rounds and she's about to lose so one of the most exciting kind of races for if we look at just congress is probably something along the lines of like lindsey graham's race in south carolina uh -huh. so what's going on there it's really interesting because lindsey graham represented a part of the republican party that was maybe in the middle um you know uh, conciliatory would work would reach across like he was quite connected to john mccain mm -hmm. Uh, who who ran as presidential candidate uh, uh, and did did a lot inside the Republican Party. He has moved quite sharply into the Trump camp, which is not conciliatory. It's very obstinate, very racially baiting, um, and and that exploitive of combativeness. And so he represents a very big change. South Carolina is a deeply red, very conservative state. And so what you're seeing in his race, mm -hmm. which he is currently losing according okay. to the polls is he's losing to a black man um which is mm -hmm. in some ways quite shocking to a lot of us about where south carolina you know how it thinks about itself what it what it would choose for its leadership mm -hmm. it has a large um, african-american population but like it hasn't you know turned out a lot mm -hmm. and historically has not had good representation mm -hmm. and holy cow i mean i think like his jaw dropping Uh, for a lot of us nationally to watch mm -hmm. um, how South Carolinians are thinking about um, how they want to be governed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So last time Trump pretty much swept the Midwest, I think it was kind of like a stunning yes. upset, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, then also Pennsylvania, you know, all, all this sort of belt towards the, the East Coast. Oh, just saying those names next to each other makes me like chill. That's like have chilled. Like that, those are the states that crumbled that night and we were just like tears streaming down our face. Yes, that was supposed to be our... CNN can now confirm. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. 
Yeah, um, that's a really interesting place to look right now, too, is Ohio, Mm -hmm. which has moved more and more conservative, and uh, Pennsylvania, which has moved more and more blue. They have almost been like twins for a long time, Mm -hmm. uh, where one went, the other one went. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've really started to move in different directions. And again, I think I'm not an expert but some of it's about demographics that like you were saying, like Ohio's um, more white, um, it's less diverse. Its economy is, again, sort of like older sources of, you know, so extraction. So like it's more based around carbon kind of extraction kind of stuff. Whereas Pennsylvania does have that, but also has more of a tech kind of industry, um, you know, uh, pharma, uh, pharmaceutical development and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So two states that have kind of been brother and sister, identical twins or something like that, like have really started to separate. And I think if someone wants to get a really good PhD in political science, like being able to explain that um, would help us understand who we are and the sort of divergent uh, forces that are happening in America, how one state is becoming increasingly red in this environment. And it can't just be people moving around. Mm. Right. Like mm-hmm. there has to be some desire or some way that like the messages are landing differently in these two states. So from all these like battleground states, because it's really actually quite confusing for us. I mean, there's 50 states altogether. There's so many battleground states. If you could <laughs> yes. if you could tell, you know, a European or Australian or whoever listener um, <laughs> that one, you know, battleground state to look out for um, that, you know, if it goes either way, it's going to tip the whole election. Is there one? Is, yeah. it, is it Florida? Is it Something else? I mean, I'll get you a, a hyper thought out answer if you want. Sure. So I think a lot of us are watching Florida. And that's because Florida has a big number of electoral votes. So it's something like 30-ish. Um, it, it's large. It is consistently like right around 50-50 for, you know, it's a very purple states. Um, but one of the real reasons that people look at it is it counts its early ballots early. So everybody who has voted prior to election day, they have them sorted and prepared and they will crank through those rapidly. As soon as the polls close, they will have those answers for a big, you know, sizable chunk of their population. So that's a, a state that's 50-50. It will have a lot of its information sorted and cleared out. And it, it, it and like so like that night, it, it is a big determinant. The other one that would be really big um, is our where we hung out, uh, which is Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. It's another one that is really close to 50-50. It has a, uh, a fewer votes than Florida, mm-hmm. but it will take Pennsylvania longer to count its votes because it doesn't start counting the early ballots until later. Why not? I don't know, man. <laughs> like it just. <laughs> it's, I'm gonna drink some more beer. I'm gonna slip into the oblivion. Oh, yeah, here's how it works in Germany. We, I mean, there's never been an instance where. You didn't get the winner of, you know, like a general election, uh, the latest, like the next morning. So why are not all the 50 yeah. states counting their votes in time? Why are we not as efficient as you? <laughs> why do we not have the Machstel? No, we don't, man. Like, why not? we are 50 rambunctious different states who have very different. So does that mean it's an interesting? It's an interesting mess. <laughs> yes. It's a... Well, okay. So uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a defense. So... 
Please. Can you imagine being the Russian hacker in charge of messing with our elections right now? He's got to like, she or she has uh, to like <laughs> go through just an absurdly bizarre system, understanding all the different nuances. Mm. We have completely different operating systems. Like I'm sure someone's running COBOL. Like it's like someone like there's like okay. old school stuff. So <laughs> maybe that's a defense. <laughs> Hopefully. No. It, <laughs> I mean, and then there's also the other consequence, which is our system has been built that way. So, so we have the election, I think it's like, so this year it's November 3rd. And then I forget the exact date, but it's something like December 4th or something like that, that states have to ratify like who was voting, Mm -hmm. like what their counts were. Mm -hmm. And then we don't actually put the person into the presidency, control the presidency Mm -hmm. until January 20th. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I mean, there's a couple months here where things are just going to be kind of wild if if things are not close. Oh, you know what? I'm going to circle back to answer a little bit more of your question. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I really want to say this. The other thing, like which state to watch, Mm -hmm. if Texas goes blue... Oh that's my it. <laughs> but that's a, that is, oh, I will be so happy. <laughs> oh I may never come back from that. I will may, I may be a little stuck on happy for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay. So you're saying that the reason why not all the states are handling it the same way is because there is no sort of federal law actually regulating this? That's right. So, you know, I might have this slightly wrong, but I think there's actually a law that the federal government cannot touch the, those elections um, and there's sort of a question like should we be standardizing wouldn't it make sense to have like a standardized process where then our sort of powerful federal agencies could provide protections and it's not clear that that will happen it's um, so yeah so basically like you know some local person in Louisiana one of the states like <laughs> makes a decision and that's how Louisiana runs its elections and like down to the software they're using down to the kinds of paper hmm. um, that things are printed on. And that's completely different than whoever is in hmm. Iowa uh, who made a different decision because, you know, they woke up on a Tuesday and they never heard of the kinds of stuff that was happening in Louisiana. So yeah, it's a lot of, um, you know, I, I guess they call it like the experimental uh, approach to, to democracy, like sort of allowing different versions of, um, the system to grow in the 50 different states like oh, mm-hmm. yeah so i need a i need a service answer here for you because i'm i'm planning to stay up uh, on november 3rd uh, to watch <laughs> to watch uh, that mess unfolding um, <laughs> mess with an a you know like like church you know. <laughs> how long will i have to stay up i mean i'm getting scared yeah. here like, maybe i just maybe i sort of just sleep early and then i just get up two days later or yeah do you know are you aware of methamphetamine so i think like <laughs> what we should probably steroids love them you know okay we could be awake for 20 days straight that could be an outcome <laughs> God. i have to work man I have kids. all i'm saying is like how committed are you to this yeah, i have man. a family <laughs> yeah no i have work you, yes in this but this matters <laughs> okay it's your um, country after all <laughs> like i think like it's quite possible that we will see a very obvious blue wave. And so mm-hmm. we may know quite early. So if Florida goes blue, if it looks like the numbers that came in for Pennsylvania are, are blue, if Wisconsin goes blue, then it's, it's going to happen. Like Trump will be done mm-hmm. again. <laughs> It so makes me excited. If Texas were to go blue, it would just be absurd. Like things would be over. And but, Wisconsin is counting early or? 
Uh, Wisconsin moves quickly. Yeah, mm. I, I, they're not as delayed as Pennsylvania. They are mm. quite important. But the two, yeah, sorry, the, the two to really watch are Florida and Wisconsin. Um, if Georgia were to go blue, that's another one that's sort mm. of, it's more like Texas mm. than Florida. So it's, it's Georgia has been more traditionally red, mm. but it's really, you know, up, you know, it's closer to 50-50 mm. than it has been ever before. Mm. Okay, I think... Next week, we're going to have to talk a little bit more also about this whole process and, you know, what, what goes into it, um, how it actually pans out. Uh, I think there's so many still unanswered questions. Um, just sort of one other thing that, that struck me in preparing for this. Um, the people living in your capital city actually are not allowed to vote for the president? Yeah, I'm not sure how this happened. <laughs> um so there's about what 800,000 people who live in what we call the District of Columbia, um, usually referred to as Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and they don't fall under any state's jurisdiction. Those people are governed by the federal government. Yeah, it, it's absurd. They do not have the ability to vote for the president. They have no representation in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There's been a long-standing push to give them statehood, to have that district. And again, I think it's like, I don't know the number exactly, but it's like 800,000 people, mm. which is larger than two or three states, mm. um, you know, who are full states. So I think it's like larger than Wyoming, larger than Vermont. And cities cities usually vote Democratic, but that not that like a little bit unfair to Republican Party? <laughs> I mean, do I care? I understand that like a party is an important thing to like, you know, make sure their emotions are uh, okay. But like disenfranchising 800,000 people because a party doesn't want it seems like morally reprehensible to me. But like, I don't know, maybe maybe the party matters more than those people. Uh, you know, uh, no, it's an absurd position mm. that we should. It is particularly problematic because like a large percentage of those people are uh, african-american hmm. um it's a it's a dense urban area yeah so no <laughs> they need to back off like, right. this is a real yeah. <laughs> Fair. It, it clear is, position it, it is getting much more forced now because of how brutal the republican party um and exploitive the republican party has been over the, mm. this past um mm. you know period mm. but yeah there's there's some talk of giving uh like granting statehood the option to statehood for dc and then also um puerto rico which is you know another really large population and uh has a very complicated relationship with the rest of the united states it doesn't you know is is under the control of a lot of uh you know american policies Mm. but can't vote for you know, federal government. Mm-hmm. So there's also talk about, you know, giving the option to vote for statehood for mm-hmm. um, Puerto mm-hmm. Rico. All right. Man. So we're one week out from the election. Yeah. Biden pretty clearly ahead. What yes. needs to happen for him to still lose this election? <laughs> I don't even know. I'm not sure if I have the level of creativity to come <laughs> up with an answer. Uh, um, so it, what would have to happen, I guess, is that everything people have been looking at is kind of like wrong. Hmm. So it would have to be something like the kinds of voters who everybody is anticipating will show, oh, this is an important thing. I'm not sure we talked about, you know, a huge chunk of Americans just do not vote. Hmm. Um, And so it'll be much higher this year. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think uh, last time it was like around 60% of the electorate. Which is still very, very low, right? I think in, in Germany, yes. it's usually around seven, in the 70s. It used to be way up in the 80s, um, yeah. 30, 40 years ago. 
And then our Australian friends are something like 90, right? Yeah, because they have compulsory voting, right? Yes, yeah, that's so right. You're actually, yeah, you're actually yeah. paying a fine. Apparently, apparently, apparently 10% of the people are like, ah, whatever, I'll just pay the fine. <laughs> yeah, I will compulse this man. Yeah. I think that, yeah, so so what ends up happening in our predictions, like to sort of like figure out who might, who might win the elections is a big chunk of like who's going to show up, who's not. So, hmm. you know, things like, People assume that young people who are eligible to vote will not vote because that's been the sort of mm. you know, history of that. And that might be wrong this time. Or a certain group that's very pro-Trump, so white male, blue collar, uh, non-college educated, like that is a firmly uh, Trump voting group. Maybe they will show up instead of, you know, at 60%, they'll show up at 99%. Mm. But it's getting right now, the math of it is very hard. There's only sort of one group that seems to be consistently Trump, like literally only one mm. group, which is forty-year-old uh, to sixty-five-year-old men, mm. white, non-college educated. All the other groups, when you look at them, not are uh, are not Trump. So there would have to be two different types of errors. One would be uh, a misunderstanding of how much people will be showing up. So maybe we think too many women will be showing up and women won't show up. Mm. That, that, you know, or like, so there might be a, that kind of voter turnout model error. The other thing is, and this is a f fan favorite for the, the conservatives here. This is like one of their favorite things to say is that though we love Trump, we don't talk to pollsters. We are shy and you mm. guys are stigmatizing mm. us. You're saying bad things about Trump. So, I don't talk to people and tell everybody how much I love Trump. So you don't even like pollsters don't talk to those people. We have a distorted. Mm -hmm. I mean, like at, the, at this point, in order for those things to be true and enough to overwhelm what we're seeing, it's just the numbers would have to be absurd. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's no longer, mm -hmm. it's straining mm -hmm. credibility mm -hmm. at this point. And even this sort of story um, about the, the famous Hunter Biden laptop that was sort of repaired. <laughs> and I didn't get the whole of that. All I, read so... to, all I read today was that the Wall Street Journal was like, no, we're not going to report on that really because this is just not really yeah. credible. You're basically what it is. It's a, it's a sequel. It's like Trump wants to run a sequel, which is like right around now is when Hillary's laptop was shown and there was emails and, and like that like changed. I think he just, I, I think he just thinks of this is like TV where it's like, you know, this is the, we'll use the same formula. It's mm. like someone, who, but it, it was bizarre because I don't know. I mean, like this is the presidential nominee or like, uh, sorry, uh, candidates mm. son. It, mm. It's very bizarre. Mm -hmm. It does. It doesn't add up. All right. Final segment, and this has to do with the Wall Street Journal now, because I, I used to yeah. work um, for a long time for German newspapers, so I'm really fascinated by newspapers, and the American newspapers have such a great tradition, um, such wonderful uh, names as well. So what we're going to do yeah. is, I'm, I have a list of newspapers here, and you need to sort of <laughs> tell me, you have three options for each name, liberal, okay. conservative, or hard to say. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then sort of, I think the listeners and myself will get an idea of, you know, the media landscape in, in the States and, and, okay. and then we can wrap it up for today. Ready? Yes. The New York Times. Liberal. New York Post. Conservative. The Boston Globe. Conservative. The Washington Post. Liberal. USA Today. Hard to tell. All right. The Chicago Sun-Times. Oh man, <laughs> uh, that's a, is that a real newspaper? Is this a trick? <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't. I just love the name. I had to pull that up. I love the name. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, the New Hampshire Gazette. I would guess conservative. 
Bangor Daily News. Oh, home team. Uh, hard to say. Omaha World Herald. Ooh. I'm going to say conservative. Because you've, you've been not. to Omaha. Yes, we have. I spent uh, New Year's there with some uh, wonderful gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> and the last one, this is my favorite name. The Fresno Bee. <laughs> <laughs> I would guess conservative. I mean, Fresno is just about as breadbasket as it is. Uh, but yes. I totally subscribe amazing. just for the name. It's a beautiful name. <laughs> the Fresno Bee. Okay, we're going we're gonna to do some research on the Fresno Bee. Yep, we'll do some deep dives. You were listening to the Americanist podcast brought to you by Podbean Podcast Hosting and Riverside FM. Thank you very much, Mike. And Lytton Chen. For, yep. And Lytton Chen today. Uh, thanks very much, Mike, for joining me. Uh, very enlightening episode once again. We will have another election special next week. <laughs> And then you guys will actually vote for a new oh or old president. Let's That's see right. what it is. Take care. Have a good weekend.